Well, Ulysses, it's a Wednesday episode, and that means it's mailbag time. And we've got a whole lot to talk about, so let's start it right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure you check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays, as well as our uh, podcast on traditional platforms, too. We're on all of them. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and send us an email anytime or a voice memo for that matter, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. All right, let's get right into it. Mailbag questions. Uh, This first one from Michael Cook from Tarpon Springs. We love when you shout out the town, the city, the state that you're from. It adds a little flair to your email or comment. Uh, His question is in regards to left-handed pop. And he says, Oakland has an under-the-radar first baseman named Seth Brown. He is 30 years old, and being a late bloomer, his salary is reasonable. He hits right-handed pitching well, hitting 25 home runs last year. Since Oakland is rebuilding, do you think the Rays would have interest? I I definitely think there's there's interest because the things that Seth Brown – does are things that the Rays are looking for. I mean, what he does is give you stability, which is so needed. Uh, When you look at his numbers, you know what you're going to get with Seth Brown regarding the K rate, the walk rate, the hard hit rate is actually increasing year by year. It's fantastic. There's versatility too. The guy played 84 games in first, 38 in left, 32 in right field, 17 in center field. Uh, So there's the versatility there aspect that the Rays would like. uh, the pop, of course, he had a 752 OPS. Um, I, I don't know if he is that much under the radar, though, uh, because the A's do have this for sale, fire sale, you know, right. neon sign on their foreheads that like everybody can. Oh, we need something. Does o- Oakland have it? Oh, they do. Okay, well, let's. You know, I think a lot of people yeah. are looking at Oakland like that for the last two years. So um, the one thing that did worry me about Seth Brown, though, is that um, Can't the, the home runs. Yeah, the home runs, 14 came from uh, uh, fastballs out of his 25 bombs. So oh. he didn't really do that hot against off-speed or breaking balls. I did the math there. He basically had a 180 average on off-speed and breaking balls together and like a 340 slug. So basically he's a fastball hitter. So if you try not to hit, you know, get him to hit a fastball, you should be fine. But, um, you know, uh, that would worry me a little bit. Right. And the batting just 174 against lefties with a 60 WRC plus compared to 129 WRC plus against righties. But again, uh, Luckily, you face uh, more righties uh, over the course of uh, baseball season than lefties, but it's still something that has to be factored in. Uh, I like Seth Brown. I think um, I think maybe what Michael Cook means by under the radar is 
Seth Brown isn't talked about like all the other free agents on the market that that the free agent market is uh, is um, shrinking. Yeah, shrinking. Uh, thank you for helping me out there. I mean, Michael Brantley and Joey Gallo, and it's like every day there's a, a new name off the board. Andrew Benintendi, you know, it's it's starting to get slim pickings. Uh, if you're looking for a lefty power bat or just a uh, reliable, productive veteran lefty bat, um, I think what Michael maybe need uh, means by Seth Brown being under the radar. I mean, maybe literally under the radar, but also. Uh, you know, he hasn't made an all-star appearance and he doesn't have, you know, the cachet or chrome of, of some, you know, you, you take another guy who's put up the numbers of Seth Brown and he's probably talked a, a little bit more than he is. I, I, I mean, it's really, we've been talking about the Rays need a lefty power bat for weeks, if not months. And how often, how many times have we mentioned Seth Brown? Sure. I mean, I think we have, but I think, Free agents usually do get the chrome, like Matt right. would say. They, they, you know, they, you've been there, done that, and you're, you're, you're out there. Your name is going to be popping up a little bit more than the trade candidates. I understand that. Yeah. There's also the fact that he plays in Oakland, so just like when somebody plays with the Rays, you do have that under the radar right. label. So I understand that. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I, I think, what I also like about Brown, is, besides the overall numbers, is. Um, playing in Oakland and still showing as much power as you do. I mean, Oakland, I mean, they're the second home runs aren't hit very often in Oakland. It's like Comerica ballpark. Now part of that might be sure. their roster construction as well, but, and, and that's kind of my other point is outside of Sean Murphy, who else did teams have to <laughs> pitch around? Yeah, I mean, it, I it was kind of Seth Brown and Sean Murphy on an Island. Yeah. That, yeah, that's my take on it anyway. So you would think that, and I know that we poo-poo the Rays lineup, but they've got more dudes than Oakland does. So you add Seth Brown to a Rays roster, he could flourish and thrive even more so, I would think. Yeah, and especially if you don't have to use him against lefties like Oakland probably yeah. does, right? So you can pair him up with, with a Yandy Diaz at first base or a Harold Ramirez in the corner outfield spot, like whatever you want, you decide uh, you, you could do. And, but... I do like that when you look at his career numbers, the four seasons, he has a 229 average, which again, it's not 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 fantastic, but again, just right. get over that. 229, the power's gonna come. The 2022 season, everything's on par, Kevin. It's it's ridiculous. Like career 229 average, 2022, 230. Career 298 uh, on base, 305 this year. Career yeah. 454 slug, 444 slug. Like the guy was 752 OPS career, 749. Like, you know what you're going to get. That I cannot tell you how how much that is. That should be the top. That should make the podium on things the Rays are looking for for yeah. this left-handed option. It's it's the track record. Been there, done that. I, I made the joke a couple, you know, maybe a month ago or so that I want the guy that the Rays to get to have white hair you know like i need i need the guy to know what it is to to right. have kids and have a mortgage i you know i made the whole thing like i need a guy that's been there done that and four yeah. seasons is kind of there but just not quite for me yeah and uh playing in a dumpy ballpark with no fans showing up that also, you know, Seth well, Brown he should be a fine then. He would uh yeah. he would be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Now what i also like about Seth Brown is i mean 
all indications are that he's well liked in the clubhouse. That's very important for the Rays, but also that he's had to grind his way to get to this point. It's not like he was a uh, a first round um, darling where he got every opportunity and, and every break. It was 19th round draft pick out of something called Lewis Clark State. And to make it to where he did, I think that adds some cachet as well. Uh, quick question before we move along. Would you trade, you know, the uh, you call up the athletics or the athletics call up you and uh, they say, okay, we'll give you Seth Brown, but we want uh, Josh Lowe, Jonathan Aranda, and Colby White. Aranda, White, and deal. who else? Josh Lowe, Jonathan Aranda, Colby White. Did you put these names through the baseball trade value? I did not. I just pulled them out of my butt. By the way, Seth Brown will be arbitration eligible in 2024 and a free agent in 2027. Hmm. At the risk of sounding... I mean, I think the... I think the Oakland A's would be okay with that. Aranda, Lowe, and Colby White. I think they would be okay with that. Um, but I mean, you never know. I, I don't think they got enough yeah. for, for Murphy and, and, you know, they, they basically right. got numbers. They got a bunch. Maybe that's what they want. They just, Hey, give us, um, uh, quantity over quality. Give us as many lottery tickets as possible. Basically. Yep. Just buy as many lottery tickets as possible. That's exactly yeah. what it seems like. Yeah. I think there would be. Uh, now I, I guess we forgot to mention this, but, and again, you'd be acquiring Seth Brown for the, the power potential and the versatility and uh, you know, some other reasons as well, but the on-base percentage is a little bit unwieldy and concerning 298 for his career 305 last year. But again, you take him out, you, you limit his opportunities against lefties and it uh, may work out a little bit better in his favor uh, in regards to that. So, um, all right. Uh, we have more questions to get to, more great questions that you all are very great about sending in. But first, we have to tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. It is all covered at betonline.net. Net. It is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It is where the game starts. All right. Uh, this next question from Darren Hybert. He says, what is your excitement level for the 2023 season compared to any other season in the last five or 10 years? Why and what might change that? I don't think it's been. I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it as much as I have other seasons, I think. Um, yeah. What might change that? Be, well, why do I feel that way? Just because of the letdown. That was that wild card series. And I don't, I don't need people to hear like, oh, it's only two games. You can't, you know, qualify like. Every team has that in it. Like we all know it's 
random. We all know that it's just a game or like two game series or four games. Like anything can go, but the good teams, the some team is going to do it. So you, yeah. so I think that's a wash when people just keep well. It, it does. Everybody knows what they're getting into when they go to the playoffs. Some teams win it. Uh, so that letdown that was that wild card series because there's just no other way of uh, well there are many ways of 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 categorizing that wild card series letdown is a PG version of it uh, but it more you know resembles sugar honey iced tea show right that's why I'm not super excited about it now what might change that I would have said a free agent signing. Uh, and, and, you know, Zach Eflin is great. And I feel like that's a terrific move for the pitching staff, but that's not what we're looking for as a fandom. And I, he makes the team better. Zach Eflin makes the team better. This team should be better than 2022, but that's not what we're hankering for. We're right. hankering for some power. We're hankering for some offensive contribution. And as of December 18th, the only thing that we're getting from Neander and Bendix lately uh, through Topkin articles and little sound bites here and there from MLB network and, and all that stuff is um, well, it's getting, it's, it's tough out there uh, to, to look out for some left left-handed power and all the things that we want, the veteran and the clubhouse. So, uh, but we know we're going to get a, a bounce back from Wander Franco and Brennan Lau and, and many Margot. Yeah. Excuse me. That doesn't make me excited at all. Yeah. No, it's, I don't see how there's a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of uh, ticker tape parades after coming off an 86 win season. I mean, what's the expectation for 2023? 88 to 92. Yeah. And I know we're, you're, we're spoiled as raised fans and followers. You know, if you're the Orioles, you're, I mean, if anybody, the Orioles are probably a, the a fan base that's most excited than any out there, but I would say it's, you know, kind of tepid enthusiasm if you're a race fan. Yeah, I'm I'm licking my chops at the rotation, but the youth concerns and the question marks with the offense um really stand out and not necessarily in a good way for me. And and I know it's not really fair because the Rays aren't, you know, in on all the big bats and free agents that are available. I give them credit, like you mentioned, for getting and going out uh and and, and acquiring Eflin, but um you know, you see the Astros, they they land Jose Abreu and they bring back Michael Brantley. The Guardians, they get their man in Josh Bell. The Yankees, they add Carlos Rodon, uh, the, uh, the the Blue Jays. And, and I know they've they've all these teams have lost guys and acquired guys, but it's like the, the big names are are not going to the Rays. The, the, the names that we talk about are not landing with the Rays. And every day there's a, a new left handed bat or a, a veteran position player that's off the board that the Rays can no longer acquire and, and we know that also as being Rays fans I think with this microphone and with this limited reach that we have I've tried to kind of talk reason into locked on race listenership saying stop with the pie in the sky names yeah. we have to stop like you can't be thinking that the Rays are going to be able to play with the big boys it sucks that that's the truth but that's the truth so when you you know they tell me oh the max scherzers and and, and all that like yeah 
I really thought Jose Abreu was go- was going to be gettable. But when you say three years at $59, $60 million, then I'm like, oh, yeah, makes sense why the Rays were, were but, out of But, I mean, what, what Josh Gallo got, what Anthony Rizzo got, what Josh Bell got, what Michael Brantley got, those are within the, the Rays' price range and price tag, I would think. Exactly. Which makes me think, did Michael Brantley accept a $12 million one-year contract with the Astros because the Rays offered 10 or 11 or 12? Or did the Rays actually offer him 15? And he was like, no, thanks. I'm going to go where I know they, you know, where I know my people. He's got familiarity. He, he's likely playing on more of a contender. More he doesn't of a, have to way more of a family. contender. Way more of a contender. And, yeah. and, and I know I need Rays fans to all, you know, to be a little bit more realist too. Like the Astros are a tank, man. They're a tank. They're built. Yeah. You can't go to four out of the last six, what ALCSs and and and, and or World Series. I don't even know that the the number is so stupid. You know that that they're, they're the team to beat in the AL. So of course he wants to go back with them. But I don't yeah. know that the Rays actually made offers to these guys. Who who knows? We'll, we'll probably know in three years. But what good does that do? You know. Yeah, and I I would say I'd be much more enthused about this season if we knew right off the jump, right off the bat, opening day that, oh, the Rays are going to have Curtis Mead in the lineup and they're going to have Taj Bradley on the opening day roster. But we don't know when exactly the top two prospects are going to be ready. And we've yet to see uh, what John, uh, what, what Vidal Brujan can do at the big league level, what Josh Lowe can do. There's a lot of ifs within um, the the position player group as of right now. But if there was like a slam dunk of like Wander Franco, okay, we know he's going to get a full season. Like, um, it, it's just kind of, there's sort of, I mean, with the Rays, I, I almost sort of see a, it's another kind of adjustment year as you try to take that next leap of of winning the division. I mean, really, I think the best case scenario is them fighting for a wild card as of right now. And it shouldn't be because the pitching staff is so good. It's so deep that if you were just to in. In, uh, introduce an actual bat like a guy's guy that's been there done that and you can you can say michael brantley you can say whoever you want uh that that could have been that game changer that yeah. that hasn't happened that hasn't happened so until that happens my my excitement level is just going to be basically the same as I, I miss baseball. I want to watch baseball. So I'm looking forward right. to the new baseball season. But if you were to actually tell me, oh, Curtis Mead is going to be on opening day, like if they just come out and say that, which I don't know why they would, yeah. but let's say hypothetical they do, that would get the fan base excited about what Curtis Mead can do. And then they would keep an eye on what he's doing in the Australian League. And then they would keep an eye when he plays the World Baseball Classic and, rep- and represents Australia. Like those are the things yeah. that that could make the fan base more excited about the year. But number one, bar none, is get offensive help. Get offensive help, either, either by trade yeah. or, or, or free agents. Now, I'll say one last thing here. It's not baseball-related on the field, but if you give us really good stadium news, that would also yeah. get, get me excited as well. By really yeah. good news, I, I mean really good news. That's all I'll say. And um, uh, before we move on to the final question, which actually is uh, related to stadium news um, again, not to, not to be chicken little here, but uh, 
can Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen and Tyler Glass now handle a full workload? Can Shane McClanahan, can his arm hold up after seeing a little bit of leaks here and there? Um, and we just know the, uh, the issues with pitching and injuries that the Rays and so many other teams across baseball have had. So yeah, the, the top five looks great right now, but what's it going to look like in July, August and September. So that's another thing as well. Um, all right, Ulysses, uh, before we move on to our final mailbag question of the day, uh, we have a very important message that we have to tell the audience. Yes. So did she know that driving high is considered driving under the influence uh, because it is uh, driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everybody can tell. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're most definitely not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. Remember that. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. All right. Uh, this last question from at baseball 15 fun. Uh, this individual says, what do you all think will ultimately happen on the stadium front? Everyone with an opinion is pretty absolutist about it. Where do you all realistically think we will end up? realistically end up we will realistically end up where Stu sternberg and company make the most money and 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 that equation is the one that they the, the only only the brain trusts and uh, you know brian ald and and matt silverman they they know that formula yeah uh, and they already have that answer they already know that it doesn't matter if only ten thousand people show up uh to the new state in, uh to the new stadium in, in saint pete but with everything else that they're building uh, in those 86 acres, the business will be booming. It doesn't matter what the attendance. They have that number that they'll make year, year yeah. in and year out, right? They also have that formula for the Tampa situation too. And, oh, well, we have more attendance, but not a lot of uh, hoopla with uh, like a battery type of scenario if they go to Ebor or whatever. They know that. So to make it as you know, poignant as possible. It's money. It's, yeah. it's, it's always money. It's whatever will make Stu the most money and company. That's where, where they, they will go. And it seems as a, a guy who is not a lawyer or, in, or real estate development or whatsoever, just reads the articles that Tampa Bay time and, and Tampa business journals, you know, uh, uh, they post and they publish having read those. It, it does seem like the money does come easier in Pinellas because of all the the public funds issues that Tampa seems to have. Yeah. Um, it's tough because this is now, again, according to articles I've read, the Rays trying to wind up in Ybor City. This is now their third try at it. So they obviously have some love and uh, some something something that makes them want to go to Ebor City. And you know, I know that the the renderings for the the St. Pete concept look great, but Hal Channel side in that area is booming. 
there might be an equation out there where the Rays could theoretically profit just as well. I don't know. I don't, I don't have those numbers of the equation, but um, I don't, I, all we hear is how, and we know this, um, that baseball doesn't work in St. Pete. So, and maybe I'm a little bit uh, biased on this, but I think they find a way to, uh, to wind up in Tampa on the Tampa side. Hopefully, may may the baseball yeah. gods hear you and and Stu Sternberg uh, do right by the by the city and the community and and all that. Like, just bring the product closer to where people live and not dolphins. Yeah, dolphins don't pay for concessions, man. I'm sorry, Stu. I wish they did, but they don't. Right. Uh, we do. Uh, so bring the stadium and the entertainment to us. Yeah, as, as and- easy as it can be. And the other thing that the Times has astutely pointed out is there's a bidding process with what's going on in St. Pete. So the Rays are tied to the Heinz concept. And if the mayor and the council members, whatever, they they don't choose that bid that the Rays like, then the Rays could say, see ya. We don't want to be involved. And then they move on elsewhere. Maybe that's to Tampa. Maybe that's the Nashville. You know, maybe maybe moving outside of the Tampa Bay area is where they can acquire the most money. We don't know that either. But Exactly. That's also a third option that's never, you know, talked about too much because obviously we don't want to put it out in the ether. But yeah, that's right. That's a realistic thing, too. But, 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 but I was having talked to David Sampson and he has said this multiple times, not only uh, with with us, but MLB doesn't want to relocate a franchise because then you would be getting out of two billion uh, of a new uh, franchise tag, you know, if they yeah. want to do the expansion model and to get a new franchise, you would need to pay $2 billion. Like if you now just re you know, shift an existing franchise, then you're just kind of killing that, that, that project and you're killing a new, um, new, new city uh, for expansion. So I do think that that's the least likely now, right now the, there's yeah. too much noise with a lot of time. Well, with some time left on the on the lease that makes me think we are we're getting we're getting a a, a resolution quite soon you, you have to oh. i mean it it's it takes more than a year i would think to build a stadium i think building the stadium is about a year but then okay, yeah but the, the design and all and the, the design yeah and the permits and the is this water toxic and are we in a cultural heritage you know ground and all of those things I think would take like two, three years. So we're right on, like we need to go people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So uh, how about this in 2023 between January and December, will we have a resolution, whether it's the Tampa side, the St. Pete side or the Nashville side. I I thought it was going to be 2022, man. I really thought that was it, but seems like I'm going to be wrong. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I guess I got to shift it to 2023. Now yeah. we, we have to have an answer, man. And if you don't, and what makes it really tough is Oakland. we may or may not be headed toward a recession. So, you know, yep. trying to get public funds for a boondoggle of a stadium eh, probably doesn't uh, sit that well with the, uh, the voting populace out there. No. So just uh, want to bring that up too. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for listening and making the Locked On Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Sports Today podcast that is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on 
Friday.